0: Hello and welcome to this
1: week's edition of The Time and Place, the gospel conversation show where we discuss faith on the fringes and do our best to apply God's word to God's world. I'm Solomon. This is Julian. And today we're talking about Sizzler. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Today we're going to talk about being all things to all people, 1 Corinthians 9. But first, Julian, what the heck is going on in the world today?
0: Too many things.
1: Like a two weeks.
0: Yeah, it's been a couple weeks. And in that time, uh vaccine mandates if you have a job, uh Newsom is still the governor, Nicki Minaj got canceled, Norm McDonald died. The world fell apart in a week.
1: He got double canceled. He got
0: double canceled, he got actually canceled. He got real
1: canceled. <laughs> yeah. I mean, where does it start? Know. I know, this is crazy. So the vaccine mandate. That's a big that's a big that, one.
0: That was huge.
1: So Biden has this method of like this routine of saying something's unconstitutional and that he can't do and it. Doing it. <laughs> anyway. uh, and Obama did the same thing with like the DACA dreamers, right? They're like, well, I wish I could just, you know, right. uh give them immunity, whatever, you know, but it's unconstitutional. What can I do? And then a few months later, eh, I'll do it.
0: Yeah. Well, he was the one that had the quote. He was like, if Congress can't move, I have a phone and a pen, and that's all I need. Phone and pen. And it was yeah. like, I didn't know we could just do things that
1: way. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it's becoming, man. It's like we just vote for our dictator every yeah. four years. Like, I guess we can vote, but it's the dictator now. <laughs> right. We vote for our king every four years. And then he just decides. And then it's just going to be what the one side wants. Yes. Right. It's like, okay, now the other side, hopefully if there's no screwing around with elections can, can, you know, like that's our only hope is that like fair elections, like real right. strict elections is like, well, at least we get to vote the dictator vote for a new dictator. Like well, for I think real. that's,
0: that's why that point was so hammered this past election. Cause that was, that was the biggest switch I ever saw. It went from Russia rigged the election. Trump is a false president to elections are bulletproof and you should never question them. There's no way anybody could cheat.
1: Yeah. Well, in, and it's like, well, whose side is saying that? The side right. who won. The side who won. Well exactly. of course. <laughs> and it's weird, man. Like it's so weird. Uh, someone talking about it. They're saying, like, you know, this 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 goes us only a few ways. You know, this ends up only a few certain ways. And one of those is just that, like, well, that's just it now. We just vote for our, our dictator and our king, and then they do an executive order to pass whatever they want, unconstitutional whatever, doesn't matter. And, you know, that's, we just hopefully can vote and the votes, the elections stay fair and stuff. Uh, or people start getting really upset and there being a, it, it kind of splits out into the states, you know, of just right. like yeah. California is going to be its way and Texas is going to be its way and New York and everywhere else, Florida is going to be its way. And that's, and, and if we're okay with that, if we're okay with letting just be California and letting Texas be Texas, then okay. We can live like that, I guess for a little while, but we're not going to be like, you can't go to California unless you're vaccinated. You know what I mean? It's going right. to end up that kind of stuff. Like if you're going to have a company in California, then you're going to have vaccine mandates. Right. Right. And I think that almost would be the better way though. The problem is this, this national, this federal government of like, okay, it's all of us. It's like, well, we don't all want to be on that same boat right you know and we're okay with being in our different boats you know right, like what, right. If we, what if we said that just like i'll just live in texas and i'll have to worry about the mandate or whatever and if you don't if no one likes it they can move to portland <laughs> you know right oregon and it's like okay and they can do it there but if the if the president is coming out saying everyone across the country has to do this then you know that's i don't know it's just i, I think it's better if if, if every every everywhere just stays different, but we're so, everything's so small now. That's the problem is that like, I think it kind of used to be able to be that way before globalization and before like the flattening of everything was just made the, the world shrank, you know? Right. And so you can be a citizen of the world, you know? And so it's, it's easier to travel. It's easier to communicate and everything. You know, it's like you can be in California today, you know, and it's not how it was before you had to like take weeks, you know? Right. So it was just so much further. And so it was so much different, but now everything's been so been shrunken so much that we all kind of treat it like we're all in the same town, right? Right. <laughs> but we're not, but really not. <laughs> but it seems that way through the internet and everything. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, that's, it's crazy. Cause it's like you said, the downside of being connected to everybody is that you're connected to everybody. And it really <laughs> does feel like that. Like we don't think about how different, like, we don't think about how different cities are anymore. Just from San Antonio to Austin to Dallas yeah. are so different, much less Texas to California. Like, that, those might as well be other worlds, and we just don't think about it that way. Yeah. But that idea did kind of start to float out, too, with the Texas abortion law when uh, Portland was like, well, we're going to ban trade and travel from Texas. Like, you're going to ban trade and travel from your country, another place in your country.
1: Yeah. It's like an embargo between the yeah. states or something. Yeah. <laughs> tariffs and stuff, yeah,
0: it's nuts.
1: I oh, know, man, it's really weird. That's how it's gonna be. We're gonna have, I think it's gonna split up like Doug Wilson's book, you know, yeah, that he wrote before all this <laughs> of uh, the free states. And what is what is it? The, the well, I, I think that with the pandemic, because his, his didn't have a concern a pandemic, right? Yes, that was so, a little different, I, but I think with this it would be split up into the free states and the safe states, mm. right? The right. safe states of America and the free – because both of those sound positive, too. Right. Uh, ourselves. It's like pro-life, pro-choice. or well, we'll, right. like choice and life. So, I mean, it's, it's never like anti-choice, anti-life, you know. It's <laughs> pro or anti, whatever. They will say anti-abortion, this or whatever, instead of pro-life. but um yeah, so I think that's what it's going to be, man. It's like the free states and the safe states. And, you know, I, I'd rather be in a free state than a, right. than a safe state. And – but it is safe. You know what I mean? Like it's weird. Like it's, it's – it's really right. weird. Especially but, people – it's like it, – that's one of the biggest things I don't understand with this whole vaccine thing is like how at this point, when vaccines are on every street corner, how is this not on them? You know what I mean? Like we have yeah, a, va- right. a pandemic of the of the unvaccinated, but they can be vaccinated, and they're choosing not to be. Well, okay, how is it this at that at that point not just like well then that's just them? Let's right. go about they our they daily just don't lives. Want it. Yeah. I'll get vaccinated, live my life, and if someone doesn't want to, they're rolling those their dice. Okay, uh, but we're we're like we we're not allowing people to roll their dice. Right. You know what I mean? We're not allowing people to make those kind of choices for themselves uh, in whatever way they've chosen that way. But again, you know, it's it's, it's the abortion thing, like choice, my choice and me and my doctor, you know, and me and my doctor have spoken and it should be, this this should be a choice made between a woman and her physician on whether she should get the vaccine. I mean, whether she should get an abortion, you know? (laughs) Right. And it's like one for one thing, but not the other. Right. Right.
0: Well, that was the weirdest thing too, with the mandate was Biden's big thing was like, my patience is running out. Yeah, like I've given you all enough time to do the right thing. Now I'm telling you to do the right thing,
1: but how is it even right thing? Of like it doesn't matter, like it's my choice, isn't it? Like, how is what? But how has this stopped the country from moving on and completely opening up? And like, that's the biggest I've never heard an answer of like, how is this just not on them? This is on you. If you get sick, it's on you.
0: And see, and I would understand if the. If the vaccine was actually what it was supposed to be, like, oh, you can't catch it, you can't spread it, you can't die from it. But it's none of those things. You can still catch it, you can still spread it, and you can still die from it. So Yeah, they're what talking about really the both difference. things. They're, right. they're
1: saying two things. They're saying you have to get the vaccine. Oh, by the way, the vaccine, you can still it's you're still in danger. Right. So, well
0: then, so, well, then why? <laughs> yeah it's it's like they don't even know what they want at this point it's weird man it's it's become that illusion of safety like if we all do this we'll all be safe but then they're telling you you're not safe still right but it's it's too like it that's the the (laughs) we're thinking hysterically we've been thinking hysterically for two years and we can't switch it to have like a clarity moment at any point
1: well it's like if we if we fix it then what are we going to complain about what are we going (laughs) to what are we going to blame protest about yeah right Like, well, we can't have, we can't have solutions, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Cause then we gotta find something else to, to freak out about. You know? Yeah. We haven't yet. Maybe that's what, maybe that's what it is. We gotta have that other thing to like freak out about. Then we can kind of like, let this one go. What were we what freaking is- out about before before COVID, before pandemics and vaccines? And stuff? What, were, what were we freaking out about? Trump, I we, guess.
0: Yeah, but I mean, not really like some, half the country was freaking out about Trump. <sighs> yeah. It was really, Probably it was. I mean, there wasn't, yeah, but there wasn't a lot to freak out about. Like, the economy was pretty good, jobs were pretty good, like, nothing was crazy. But he
1: said mean things in
0: tweets, <laughs>
1: and that was a bridge too far. He tweeted mean things. He said he loves Hispanics while eating a taco bowl.
0: <laughs> That's something I do. Why we isn't that can't wrong? We have this <laughs> kind of evil in our country. Oh, man. It's, it's gotten nuts and then like immediately like the usual suspects came out and said that they're going to refuse to cooperate all the governors of the specific states and the map did look like the doug wilson breakdown right that's what was crazy that's what i'm saying it's gonna it's all the ones you expect
1: Texas, Florida. Right. like it's all the ones you you already know and even some the of the blue ones.
0: ones like arizona arizona was blue and they still were like no we're not doing this arizona's arizona's
1: only blue because of Trump and the whole McCain thing because it flipped blue in this last election and that was, was weird man it was it was weird watching the election and because was supposed to go red right but we weren't really sure and because of the whole John McCain Donald Trump rivalry thing and like how everyone in, in Arizona hated Donald Trump because he crapped on John McCain <laughs> and and then they just like but it's like do you hand hand over the country that, that because of that, you know what I mean? You'd like a personal feud, a personal, like everything. Like I, I agree. Like it was crappy what he said, you know, and it was not okay, but I'm not going to like just hand the country over to, right you know, <laughs> a bunch of communists because I don't like this man, you know, <laughs> it, it, what it really came down to really was per, the person over the policy. Right. And, and and vice versa, and just that's what how people were voting. It was just like I just don't like his personality. Right. It's like yeah, but the po- look at the judges he's appointing, He's the policy. You know what I mean? It's like oh, the, everybody's putting so much weight on the president, which again, the king, the dictator, the the the, the man. And so it's like this is not a king. This is not, it, it, but it has become that. And it's just, and I, I think it's just our culture and television and just whatever else of like, well, right. who. You know, we've got this Game of Thrones mindset of, like, who's going to sit on the throne? Yes. Like, that means something. You know, House of Cards, like, all these things, like, president. You Become president, and then you can just wave your magic wand, and then you have the gun. You've got the magic wand, and you could do whatever you want now for four years or whatever. And it's like, what, what, did this, what did this happen? Like, what happened to that? Like, that shouldn't have been the way. Like, the president is supposed to be, like, a mascot, basically, of, like, you know, a figurehead, you know like a, like a symbolic, uh, position or something. Executive I order. I that's mean, it
0: is. Yeah. And it is the TV thing. Cause that's like, that's how that was Kennedy. Kennedy switched that all when the TV came in and you could see him and it was like, Oh, he's handsome and he's charismatic. And I like him. I liked And then that became a weird thing of like uh president. I'd like to have a beer with, like I wouldn't vote for anybody who I would like to have a beer with, to be in charge of anything. <laughs> that's a terrible way to, to make that decision. Yeah. I know.
1: I, I think of anybody I've had a beer with. I'm like, I, wouldn't, I need that.
0: <laughs> and you end up with Bill Clinton playing saxophone on TV, and that wins him the election. Oh man, like it's
1: so weird, dude. Like it's such a crazy time. I don't know. Yeah, the vaccine mandate. That's a that's a weird one. There's gonna be lawsuits. There'll be resistance. Oh, for sure, for sure. And it, it'll get it'll get tied up so much that you know they'll. It just won't happen. What I
0: wonder is if it's going to be the thing because they're piling up. Things are piling up like his his son scandal, the 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 Middle East situation just falling apart. The vaccine mandate like these things are stacking. I wonder what is going to cost him the election or if it's not going to matter like the next election. Yeah,
1: well, I think he already knows. I'll be surprised if he chooses to run for another term. I mean, he'd be in his 80s.
0: Yeah, but I mean...
1: And he already said that he's a placeholder president. He already said that, like, well, I'm paving the way for someone, and we just need to get Trump out. and So I think he kind of always knew that he was just the,
0: like, not Trump candidate. Well, who's in his mind, who's he holding the place for? Because everybody behind him is more unlikable than him.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, man. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's a big question of, like yeah who, who who would it be who who would you know he said about pete Buttigieg or something and but nobody likes him either
0: yeah nobody really does
1: <laughs> i don't know dude i don't know who it would be i'm trying to think of like democrats and
0: well the one person who was the perceived golden boy who hold, held on to his state in this this week's recall was Newsom. i guess not recall because he hung on to it so yeah he's still there
1: Which is a great triumph. A blue state stayed blue. Like, right. (laughs) We voted for the same. Shocking. Yeah. We
0: don't like change.
1: Yeah. Do you think that's like the final California is just F now? Like, I don't
0: know what else there would be. Like, if you were thinking about leaving California, that cemented it. Like, you're out at this point.
1: So weird, man. Like, just to hear the stories of coming out of there, like what's the people moving from there. Uh, Man, it's like, why would you want that? Like, it's like oh pay taxes and got to do your part like but for what they're not doing anything there's you know homeless people in your front yard right. and you're paying ins- insane property taxes like what are you doing what's you know what what are you paying your taxes for if your whole country your whole state is sucks
0: <laughs> cuz they're still holding on to that mystique of what california used to be like that promised land mentality of America where at first it was a gold rush, then it was Hollywood and it was like beautiful California and the, the dream of the West. But all that's dead. It's not there anymore.
1: Well, all that is
0: all over the rest of the country.
1: Right. right now. It's that globalization, dude. It's like you don't have to be there to make movies. You don't have to right. go to Hollywood. Like that's not all the only place where people are doing stuff, you know. So, I think people are realizing that. It's like, well, I can do this from anywhere. I can kind (laughs) of, you know, or I can be on a plane and be there in five seconds if I need to. Right. And then come back and not have to stay there. Yeah. Live here full time, whatever. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of the like celebrities, especially, are kind of realizing all the tech people and stuff are kind of just like, we don't, we can make microchips anywhere. Like, this is, we don't need to be here. You know, it was a cultural thing at first, but then, yeah, it's the globalization and the shrinking of society. Yeah. You can just be kind of anywhere. And I think people are realizing that.
0: But. And there was uh, I do don't again. I'm saying the second hand. I saw it from Tim Pool's channel. Uh, but there was reports in the California recall election that some Republicans who were showing up to vote were being told by the voting machines that they had already voted when they had oh. not.
1: Oh man! So well. it's
0: it's starting to look like those voting machine bugs are more of a feature than a bug. <laughs>
1: yeah uh, well i don't know whatever man. I, I, like, I don't know but it's, it's you weird. can't trust anything There's nothing really nothing's true anymore there's nothing you can't
0: that's the age i think that's the age we're in now because i think the the postmodern age was like what is truth and now it's like nothing is true
1: or in the post there is no we're, truth. yeah we're in the post-truth world yeah
0: now, now you have to make your own truth because nothing is true there is
1: nothing well it's just you get to, it's like well, how, well you just have to b- believe something at a certain point yeah. right you hear right information here oh the the machines are tampered with oh they're not uh, and then it's like well okay i don't know i mean i just don't know <laughs> like, who, who, how do you know who's telling the truth anymore like there is a truth either the things right. are glitching out or they're not but right. we don't know where everything's getting handed to us and everything's through a filter
0: and it, i mean it's to the point where you know that could have happened, and it could be an honest to goodness glitch. It was just a mistake. And nobody did anything underhanded. But everybody is so heightened right now and untrustworthy of everything that it's like, no, it was on purpose. This proves it, and it just like confirms everything they already believe. I just don't have time. People don't have time to
1: like yeah. stress out about these conspiracy theories and just like different things. And people,
0: I think people just check out, and then you know, I don't it. it's just weird. <laughs> Well, the other the other things. This one was the most interesting because this was this morning, and I was like, "What is the? the, We're living in a simulation." I'm starting to think because this is so next level parody. Uh, Nicki Minaj got temporarily suspended from Twitter for retweeting Tucker Carlson (laughs) and and, uh, spreading vaccine misinformation.
1: The Twitter, I think, the Twitter machine just didn't know what to do with that.
0: It was like a like, couple so, of well, Hang ago. on. We
1: got to shut this down because we have a retweet <laughs> of Tucker Carlson from Nicki Minaj. So something is obviously glitching out. The, the, the software is messing up or something. We have to shut it down for a second <laughs> because it's, bro- it. is, it's broken.
0: That would have so, been great if like the internet turned off for like five minutes to reboot. Hang on, guys. <laughs> hang can't on. can't be right.
1: Yeah. This can't be right. We got something going on wrong. Something's That'd way be- off. <laughs>
0: Uh, A couple of years ago, when Jesus is King came out, I had posted a a thing that was like, who would have thought? And it was a picture when Kanye interrupted Taylor Swift at the the VMAs. And I I posted, who would have thought when this happened that 10 years later, one of these people would be supporting Planned Parenthood and one would be talking about Jesus. And it wouldn't be the one you would think. (laughs) This was the same thing. Like, Who would have seen Nicki Minaj retweeting Tucker Carlson? Uh, what's,
1: what's, is Nicki Minaj even like a thing anymore? Like, is she famous anymore?
0: I mean, she's famous enough to where people freaked out when she said something. Guess,
1: But it's like, I mean, who cares? Like,
0: <laughs> Somebody does. I mean, that's the, that's the w- Wilson pointed this out one time. And I think it's true to an extent is that close it doesn't... personal
1: friend of close personal podcast, friend, Doug Wilson. Doug
0: Wilson, right. Uh, who we're expecting to have dinner with anytime now.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, he pointed out with Trump that the whole Trump abortion thing, because in, in reality, Trump was not hard on abortion. Like he just really wasn't. Right. I think he was kind of indifferent on it. But the thing that Wilson pointed out was it didn't matter that he wasn't. What mattered is that the other side reacted as if he was. And that's what was important. You could tell their their uh, allegiance to abortion by the way they react to who they think might maybe get in the way of it. And that's what was weird about the Nicki Minaj thing is like it doesn't matter if she's super famous or if she is even influential, but everybody freaked out when she went off script,
1: mm, and that yeah. just
0: really exposed their devotion to the script. That was the the big thing. It was like it, you orthodoxy. She went mm. unorth she went outside of orthodoxy. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah, that, that that it is that it is what it is. It's just these drifts. It's like you drift left or drift right or whatever. If what what are you, what you're saying drifts right what you're right. saying drifts left and it's i think it's become so clear you know if i say if i even if I, if anybody you don't know the person you never met them in your life don't know them from adam but you just meet them and say hey yeah it going and they say you know these vaccines man just from that <laughs> just from that you know what i mean Alarm, like, signals go off, and it's like, I don't like this guy. This you're putting guy together a, a
0: backstory. You're figuring out where they came from. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's like, that's what it, Yeah, yeah. You know who they are now because of, they said one word or so, you know? Right. <laughs> and, uh yeah, man, it's just weird to, to to watch, like, just, like, see all the commentators and all the people, the cultural relevant people talk and stuff, and, uh you know, you, you get a, you get a guest on, and it's like, what, what, what side are they on? Where, where are they at? What's right. going on here? You know, <laughs> uh,
0: it's crazy. Dude. Yeah, it's weird. It's the, the world we're living in. There's it's, it's really no neutrality, but in a very different way than you talk about no neutrality. <laughs> we it's it's left or right, and that's the only option. There's no other no other thing you can be.
1: What do you think about the person who is like culturally aloof and? might just say something because there's something that Lewis brought up about Chandler and how he's like, so out of social media, so out of the culture mm-hmm. that he'll say something that's woke and he doesn't know it's woke. And then right. Like Chandler's woke and like freak right. out. And it's <laughs> like, but he acts, he's like, what, what, That? what's woke? You know? Right. Right. It's like, I, I'm a little suspicious of some of stuff like that because it's like, you response kind of responsibility to know what you're saying and know, uh w- what kind of narrative you might be sounding like you're drifting towards right. or something I guess. Maybe right. not or maybe not. Maybe that's the way to go is just to be like, I don't know. I'm just gonna say out of whatever. the loop. Yeah. Yeah, like you know.
0: Well I think I think the majority of people, like your average person probably is out of the loop. Like they get they get the information they see on the news and maybe like what a Facebook friend shares. Mm-hmm. And that they're not digging into stuff and they're they like you said they don't have the time. There's too much going on. I, I just got out of work. I don't want to hear about this for the 80th time from some other person. Like, I, I don't know. This is what I heard. Bill Burr talks about that where he's like, I don't know. I turn on the TV and if they say wear a mask, I wear it. If I turn, if they turn, say don't, then I don't. I don't know. Whatever they say, I'm, that's what's going on.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that's what a way to what, I'm glad it's just a mask and not, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> like, but that's what, the thing. Like, this Is there isn't... anything
1: they can say that
0: you won't do? You know, But that used to be normal. Like, that idea of, like, well, it was on the news. What's wrong with it? That used to be, like, a normal thing. The news reported news. Yeah, It it wasn't what it is now. You could afford to be aloof back then because there was no reason for you to be suspicious of anything that somebody would be trying to tell you.
1: I think we just never get off the mirror around. this 24-hour news cycle thing. It's, like, it's just constantly there. We can we have it on our phones and on social media and everything. Right. It's just constant podcast. It's the constant stream of your narrative, right? Yes. Vers- versus, right. like... Okay, nightly news is over. Let me l- go to sleep, and then I'm not gonna see anything again until I come back at six o'clock, again, and like see the news. And then it's like, okay, something happened, you know, <laughs> during the day. Or I open up my newspaper. What happened? Let's see what happened. And then it's like, okay, it's like it's like the the curse of the hot take. Everybody's got to have something like Hmm. this happened right now. Everybody's on Twitter. Twitter is talking about it right now and they're saying something about it. And they're making judgments and they're doing evaluations and making, you know, (laughs) taking making statements and stuff. And it's like this just happened. It's as it's happening.
0: (laughs) Do you remember when that gymnast pulled out of the Olympics? The one who's like, I forget her name, Simone Biles. Yeah, she's like the best ever. And she mm-hmm. pulled out and she said it was for mental health reasons. And everybody had hot takes on both sides right away. Right. Yeah. And it was very vague. She was like, it's mental health. I, I just can't focus right now. And mm-hmm. then eventually it came out that like oh her aunt died. And she was like, I can't and compete. She didn't right have now. her medication. It's right. Not- yeah. So there's just a lot of like real yeah. things going on, but we have to have an opinion right like, now. It's a disgrace. Right. <laughs> I can't even believe
1: it. Yeah. I know, man. It's what well, it's like, you gotta be it's like it's like you get points for calling it. Yes. You know, or something. It's like, well, I knew it, especially before it happens, yeah. right? Or something. It's right. like, oh, this is going to happen. And it does. And you're, like, happy because you called it. It's like, this, is, you know, Afghanistan fell apart. Are you are you happy that you called
0: <laughs> <laughs> Are you happy about that? But that's you right. You're like, that's how it is. You get those That's what I like, get I from, like, uh, um, the Matt Walsh types. Like, the real, like, rage-baity conservatives. Like, it's almost like they're glad when something falls apart. Yeah. Cause they get something to rage about for a while. Yeah.
1: Yeah, man. I know it's weird. It's a whole, it's a whole thing, dude. I don't know. But so speaking of being aloof and just kind of re- a responsibility of knowing that kind of segues into what we're talking about tonight of being all things to all people. Mm. And as we're talking about this whole like tribalism, everybody has a side and narrative, and everybody's got a place and, and everything. So, you know, we talk about, you know, see Paul talk about in Corinthians, um, become all things to all people, right? So what is he, what, what, like, what's, let's talk about that because that's kind of a one that I think gets misunderstood mis, uh, a lot. Mm. Um, I've become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I might share with them and its blessings, 1 Corinthians 9, 22, and 23. Um, so what do you think? I mean, like, what's that, you know, kind of – or what have you What have you known from the past about that of, like, from – we both grew up in church, so, like, what right. was that mean?
0: It, it always was kind of the – Invite your friends to church. Invite your friends to youth camp. Invite your friends to, you know, whatever. We're doing stuff for the community. We're inviting the kids around. Uh, my uncle was really good about this kind of thing. My uncle was one of those guys that was like, drive the church van. And it yeah. was like, the, we're, we're going to go up and down the neighborhoods. We're going to pick up all the kids who might want to come, but can't get a ride or their parents aren't here or whatever. And that was his thing for years. He would do that. Drive, drive pick everybody up, and I would ride with him. And uh, it was always funny because it was always – me and him driving to pick up kids all over the neighborhood with Carmen or some cassette tape that <laughs> not relevant, but he thought it, it. it. <laughs> America I think it was think yeah. It was more addicted to Jesus. Cause that was hip. You know, oh, that man. was talking to the kids in their own language. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <And drug use. laughs> that was always kind of my earliest picture. I think of that idea of being, being all things to all people is like, I'll meet you where you are. Mm,
1: yeah What was that being all things though Like I'll be all things to all people
0: mm, it, It's the
1: Because that sounds like a change in you You know what I mean It's like we're supposed right, to be in Christ right. and find our identity in Christ But I'm going to be all things to all people You know And it's like well mm-hmm. Should we be Christ like Christ and,
0: Well it's a little different for us right Because when, when Paul's talking about it He's talking in the context of Jew and Gentile Like if I, if if I got to eat clean to reach the Jews, I'll do it. If I got to make this temple tax to reach the Jews, I'll do it. But if I need to cast that off, if I need to, you know, put away my prayer shawl to speak to the Gentiles, I'll do that too. But we don't have that divide anymore so much. Yeah. We, we have like, our cultural stuff is a little different, I guess. It's more of like the, what are you into? What's your thing? Where are you at? Where do you hang out? What do you like? See and that's kind of what I thought it meant
1: growing up this passage growing up I always thought it was uh cuz in, in especially in high school uh there was the groups right mm. <laughs> of like the emo kids right. or whatever and then like the you know ROTC kids <laughs> and then like the you know <laughs> like all the different kind of kid FCA christian kids you know or something and, you know what i mean they all had like these little camps and stuff And right. i always thought it was like super valuable and super cool to be like versatile and like really right right, right. universal in that like don't don't put don't pick a box like, don't put me in a yeah. box that was my biggest thing in, in high school and stuff was like i, I immediately saw all these because i came from home school and i homeschooled <laughs> till high school and even in homeschool, like the, like the, the group, like, we had like groups, and even at church and stuff, you would have right. different kind of groups of, of people. So I was kind of aware of it. But then it was really evident in, in high school. And so I immediately saw the boxes and was like, okay. And it was like you had to represent your thing, like the scene kids or whatever. It was like that was it. You were that kid or the – sports guys like they were just right. like hey i play basketball and that's my thing and then you know or the burnout kids are super into like you know the whatever bands it was a lot mm-hmm. of it revolves around music you know
0: right yeah
1: and um but so it's like you wore the t-shirt you wore the haircut you wore and it was almost like they all came with uniforms almost <laughs> did, you know yeah I mean? they really did right like the the fca christian kids just had like gym shorts and like the slides on and then like a <laughs> you know they're like a, a visor or something and always just like a tennis, like a t-shirt, like a, you know, right Mac t-shirt or something. And then, you know, the studded belts and the haircut, you know, over one eye, you know, it was like, there was like a, was a look that everybody had. Right. And I, my thing was like, I don't want to have, I don't want to be so uh, transparent or like predictable as far as like, take one look at me and you know what box I'm in Mm -hmm. and, and, but I wanted to know everything about all the boxes Mm -hmm. I wanted to know about sports. I wanted to know about, uh, you know, like whatever music, you know, the emo music, I wanted to know about anything like, like all of it. And I was and so that was kind of the, all things to all people. Like I want to know everything about your social, group and cultural group or whatever but not be that not look like right. i know it you know right. what i mean i want to be very unassuming
0: you were uh, a cultural in, anthropologist
1: <laughs> yeah but like for for all of them i wanted to just be able to have a conversation with the rotc kid and the theater right. kid and the sports guy and the emo kid and the, you know what i mean and, and just like you know their bands know their stuff and know whatever they liked and were into and then like be them to be shocked that i know about their thing i guess Mm -hmm. whatever you know what i mean right and so i I had
0: i had the opposite of you and i think i still do i haven't shaken it off completely where there were things that i was like i don't care i don't want to care i don't know i don't feel like knowing i just am checked out completely on whatever thing that is yeah which uh, is a hindrance, uh, especially now. It's become more of more re- more of a realization to me that like that's not really a a good way to go about things. But
1: yeah, I mean, there were some things like I tried way too hard in high school to like anime. And, <laughs> and well,
0: ex- <laughs> explain what that means. I tried way too hard. What is that?
1: Like I watched Dragon Ball Z and or like whatever was popular at that time and stuff or like pokemon even and when it was popular and and out and everything and i was like i just don't like this like this sucks like i don't i don't know i'm not into it i don't like the voices i don't like the just the animation i just don't like anything about this you know and but like like a lot of people i knew like Liked it, it worked. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, you froze on your camera. You're lagging a little on your mic.
1: Yeah, we're I'm um, frozen right now. The video's
0: frozen. You're frozen right now. I am I am blank. fully. <laughs> uh everything's still on. Everything's still live. We're just vocals only. Oh there we go. You're coming back. I got motion.
1: You're messing us up with your new camera setup.
0: Well, I thought it would work. Our our unpaid IT intern told me this was a good solution.
1: It was wrong. That's why. That's why you don't upgrade. That's why you don't do new things.
0: <laughs> that's what I thought. That's why you I didn't don't learn about people. Download that just, the new
1: things. Mess it up. And and gonna, something's going to be incompatible. So don't try new stuff.
0: Switching camera.
1: Don't try anything new.
0: There we go. It ain't broke. Don't. Now fix. we shouldn't. Now it shouldn't be laggy at the very least. Yeah. It's good for trying uh, new things. Well, you know, I, I'm trying to be all things to all. Uh, was interested in IT, I want to be interested in IT. That's what no. I want to – I want to bring that to the table.
1: <laughs> yeah. <clears throat>
0: um. So, I mean, did you – I know we're talking about – because we've talked about before with music where you never wanted to be like th- uh, this guy, right? You wanted to know a little bit about all kinds of music did you as a teenager see that as like an evangelistic help or did yeah, you use able, it in that way at all?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that was the idea, but then I never, I mean, it, it was always that step to, you know, bring up right. Jesus, you know, right, but right. To be able to have natural conversations, I think was kind of the idea or the thing in my yeah. head of like, well, if I can naturally pick up on anything they're talking about and have some kind of conversational knowledge about it, then i can have i can relate to people and like i said where they are and kind of know where they are and then from there share the gospel i think it did work sometimes a little bit um but it was still that effort of just have you know talking about jesus and bringing it up instead of just (laughs) like you know talking about their their music they like or whatever and that that you know you don't like it but you know it i guess
0: um, and I feel like that that becomes a trap too sometimes in like a, a culturally relevant when we're trying to be all things to all people. We can fall into that friendship evangelism that never turns into evangelism.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's a, and it, it kind of has morphed into that seeker sensitive idea. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll make this a place you want to be, but then we'll never actually like give you the thing that you're supposed to be here for.
1: Yeah. Um and honestly, I think we were talking about uh, picking a side and having a narrative and having you know falling into a tribe or whatever. I think we talk about this in, with my church about like the today's culture is upfront with everything, right? And it's okay. I think we need to be comfortable in that kind of tension of just saying wearing your your jersey you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> out there and just be right. like, yeah, I'm Christian or yeah, I'm, you know, whatever. And you might have a certain cultural understanding of what you think that means, but it's probably not. And, but having those conversations, you know, um, right. And that's, you know, because everybody is out front with it. I think a lot of people used to be that kind of, let's talk about neutral things. And mm-hmm. then I'll slowly reveal, you know, my radical socialist, my, you know <laughs> theories or something and now it's just you're evil if you're not a, if you don't want socialism you know or something right. or like you don't have compassion and it just becomes this like you it's everybody's loud and proud right yes and right. it's like okay well but but it's that's becoming more and more oddly more and more culturally acceptable and so i think we need to kind of lean into that Collision and lead and lean into that, mm. but and be, be able to have those conversations and stuff right. with that. Of like, but that also comes with knowing where we stand on a lot right. of things, right? And I think that's a big problem for Christians is that we people Christians don't know what they actually believe or why they believe it, mm. and so you can't be loud and proud
0: about something that you've just never studied up on, mm. <laughs> you know. So, we don't. So, I want to turn it a little bit because we we had a conversation this week. Uh, after I had a, a meltdown, uh, one of the things that I love about Solomon is that he'll call you like actually on the phone, and, <laughs> and we'll hash out ideas like actually in 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 speech, not <laughs> just text. Yeah, yell at me for something or ask me my opinion on it. You know, that's if the phone rings, I know it's not like uh, small talk; something important is going on. <laughs> Either you're working through an idea or I said something stupid and I'm like, Oh, he's going to yell at me for an hour. But (laughs) (laughs) we were, we were talking about that a little bit and I I've been dwelling on this thought in my head of my own shortfall in this area. Uh, And we were kind of talking about how all things to all people is obviously the text is evangelistic, but I, I think it has a discipleship aspect to it too. And kind of a unity aspect to it. Um, and I think the trap that I've fallen into and maybe a lot of people who kind of have the similar mindset of me is that we we have it all outward, like everybody out there, all things to all people, but not inward, back at the church itself. And uh, it, there's a tendency to kind of write off anyone as like, oh, we don't get along or like, oh, I have a hard time connecting with people. And what I really mean is nobody is like me. And that's that's been a at the new church we're at now. Well, I guess not new anymore, we've been members for like two years, but the church we're at now that was a big uh uh difficulty for me up front because it's made up of a lot of like uh current and ex military, uh, which you know throw me in there and I'm, I'm out Outdo- outdoorsy people <laughs> hunting people. <laughs> I'm talking yeah. about like, well, I, j- I just read Dark Knight again. What do you guys think of that? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I yeah, I, I I think so too. I I I mean I've been my with my church from the living room and I think it have kind of constantly felt like a outsider or like different than than everyone because everyone is like uh hipster kind of coffee and beards and reformed, you know. And I'm reformed, mm-hmm. but like I I don't know anything about coffee. I don't know anything about <laughs> you know, growing a beard. Yeah, grow a beard. And, but I've never like felt, I don't know, maybe it's because I've been with the church from the beginning. I felt like the guy, like, what like this is my home and, mm. you know, and everybody coming in is like, okay, you can come in, but I, I've never felt like distant from people. It's just like, you like going camping and making your own coffee And I don't. And and that's okay. I like watching Star Wars. like, And that's, you know, we can kind of lean into those things. Um, That's not to say we can't, you know, take from each other either, you know, of like learning about coffee or something. I don't know. Or like, I I don't know. It's kind of weird. But, yeah, I think that's kind of a peer pressure cultural thing, too. But, um I don't know. You got to be yourself. Like you got to be, you know, who God has called you to be in like your own mm-hmm. convictions, especially on those kind of things. And I think mm-hmm. with that, you know, like we, like where, where I connect with people at church is, uh, is on the important things like right, right, right. doctrine and gospel and Christ. And it's like, and that's supposed to be where we find our identity anyway, yes. ultimately. right. And so if we all unified in that identity, I mean, we can really be close even right. though, we're all coming from different worlds and different cultural interests and stuff, you know?
0: And I think that's what I, where I kind of had kind of circled back around to is two things. I, I, I stumbled into this idea of like, where I, where I'm messing up and what I'm actually afraid of that I think is okay to be afraid of. One is that identity thing. That's where I was messing up. And I think that I, even though we have that church unity in that sense that we're all in Christ and this should be where we find our identity, Oftentimes when walking into a room or interacting with people, I will still have my other checklist of like, well, this is my identity. I like comic books and film and and painting and uh, MMA or whatever. And those are my identity. And if you don't hit those boxes, like we're just different people. I don't know how we're ever going to, how we're ever going to get along. And I think a lot of people do that. Um, Maybe not as many people as, Maybe not people who are well adjusted and normal, but people like me who are like have to have a thing to be like I don't know, passionate about and can't just be like okay with stuff. There's a lot of people who are like this is my identity, this is what makes me, this is my life right now, and we don't turn that off even at church.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so instead of finding unity and and identity in Christ, uh, we just we, we we have other standards cultural, political, or personal yes. standards or ways that we are that become more defining for us than the gospel in Christ.
0: I, re- <laughs> I remember one time, I don't want to name any names, just because I don't think any of them would see this, because uh, half this group doesn't go to church anymore. But we were all <laughs> in the same small group, uh, and I don't know how the conversation turned to politics, but it was b- well before the last election. And we had a Trump party a Biden party and a conspiracy party all in the same room and all kind of cross talking about stuff. And one person's like, uh, I don't know. I just love Trump. And one person's like, well, I don't know. I think his policy on immigration is bad. And one person's like, I don't know. Have you guys looked into pizza gate? And it's just, <laughs> I, it was literally like that all over the room. And yeah. I just kind of sat back and like, I don't know if I want to interject in this conversation. And I remember, um, the, our our elder in the group kind of afterwards kind of pulled me aside and was like, Hey, when things get crazy, I need you to kind of like get in a little bit more with that and kind of draw us, help me draw us back to what we're unified on the actual theology of Christ and not the political agendas or whatever they may be. Yeah. That was a really weird moment. I, I think cause I, maybe the first time I ever saw that play out where you just assume growing up, like everybody in your church is, especially when you're Southern Baptist is Republican and, pro-gun and pro this. And then it's like, well, that's not true. We're all like different things at all times.
1: Well, I think it was that way in a lot of times it is that way because that's what the church is. That's the, the gospel has become the American dream Mm. in in a lot of churches. And so if that's the way, then you're going to be on the same political, cultural, social side, you know, because that is what you're idolizing. That's kind of become an idol in your church or in your, convention or your denomination or whatever it is and so then you think that's what it means to be a good christian is to be a good american or mm. something and it's like well what does this have to do with scripture what does what does god have to say about these things mm. and um yeah so then we, we start idolizing tradition and culture rather than scripture and god and and what we're actually supposed to be looking towards
0: mm. and the one of the the other area that i want to kind of get into is i we had talked about before years ago i don't know if you remember this even but we we were talking about the at the time the big thing in like young christian life was like what are you gonna do how are you gonna go get the world that was when like mission trips were big and everything i feel like that's died a little bit but not as much as as you would think but there's that idea of like oh you have to do something what's your thing what are you gonna do how are you gonna leave your mark for the kingdom or whatever and uh to an extent i guess without realizing it i had still fallen into that trap of like well, what are you going to do and and there's a lot of ways i would rationalize it and and kind of uh work my theology around it to make it a little bit not not sound like an idolatry you know kind of justified yeah. in my own head as something better uh so we kind of got into this discussion about that and it was like okay w- before you start talk about going and conquer the world like did you pay rent this month that's important too and if you haven't done that you're really not ready to go conquer the world and it's almost it's the jordan peterson thing like clean your room yeah okay start there um one as i thought about this more though and i kind of want to get your take on this uh, one of the things that scares me i think is uh much like me i think there's a lot of people who make old mistakes from new perspectives so the, the whole thing came from like this idea of isolationism and and disconnecting and getting out of culture and getting out of the city and going to the country and cutting off. And what, what kind of maybe startled me a little bit was it reminds me a lot of the old, or for me, the old pre-millennial dispensational ways of like, it used to be, oh, invest in gold. You sell your money for gold because money's going to be worthless and mark of the beast and you'll have gold. And people always take gold. Now it's Bitcoin. It's not gold anymore. It's Bitcoin. But it's the same idea. Like, put your money in Bitcoin. And that's gonna when the society collapses and the economy is dead, you'll have Bitcoin. It'll still work. And uh, it used to be that kind of stuff. And I, I guess a little bit of it triggers me in that way that I feel like I see us making the same mistakes just from a different perspective. <laughs> I'm still, like, pulling out a little bit to, to, to be – Hands off. Yeah. And that, that does scare me a little bit because I'm worried that it'll repeat the cycle that got us to the point where we are now, but just from a different perspective. Yeah.
1: I think we need to take back what's ours which is the whole world. Mm. <laughs> Small task. All right. but <laughs> I think we need to be bolder than we are. I think mm. we need to stop uh, beating around the bush and, and kind of like, hey, do Christians have a place in this world? And it's like, what do you mean? This is God's stuff. Mm. you know. And, so, and, and we are gods, and we are in the heirs mm. to this. So it's, and I kind of, I always relate it to, um, you know, someone borrowed, your neighbor borrowed your lawnmower six months ago and never gave it back and just puts it in their garage and you need to mow your lawn. And you're like, well, I kind of need my lawn, but, you know, I, I want to see if I can, you know, use my neighbor's lawnmower, you know, but it's like, it's yours. It's, he, he took it. You know, and just didn't kind of without asking and never gave it back. So why are you asking if you can use it? It's yours. Go take it. it you know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. how I think we need to see a lot of things in, in the world, education, family, business, music, I mean, pol- uh, government, law, all, all these things these belong there's no neutrality in those things there's no there's not this thing called law out there that there's a christian version of and a pagan version of right it's all created by god and and we need to redeem it for god and uh, there's this weird like uh hands-off approach kind of like what you're talking about e- even before with like the rapture cults and stuff uh, the apocalypse cults and stuff of like well just let's you know not worry about it because jesus is going to come back any second you know and so let's not raise our kids. Let's not think about a legacy that we're going to raise right, re- right, right. for our great grandkids and worry at all about if they're going to be a Christian or not. Let's not worry about that because Jesus is going to come back before that. So, you know, so we don't do anything about reclaiming it and redeeming that and leaving a legacy in this world for our own family or our church as Christians. And yeah, kind of just saying the same thing with like the new reform kind of culture of like go live on a homestead or something and raise chickens and just be by yourself and kind of off the grid kind of thing too um, is is kind of the wrong approach too because both of them have this retreat element to it, right, like you're saying. But what we need to do is just reclaim what's yours. Go get your lawnmower and mow your lawn. It's yours. You don't have to ask if you can do it. That's how we need to view science and education and cities (laughs) and Work, you know, family, everything, belongs to God, and so, and we are heirs to that and inheritors of these things. And so, we, I think, as Christians, need to be kingdom minded and building the kingdom right now, in reclaiming these things, and just doing it in a Christian context and a Christian framework.
0: Hmm. And, and the, you know. the the thing we were talking about too, and where we where we where we split on that was you told me that you, you don't think that I value the homestead mentality enough, right? As far as the, like, I don't value enough the idea of doing the menial or the mundane or the uh everyday, right? right. Which is true. That's not, you're not wrong in that assessment. That's correct. So that's where I, I started thinking about this, uh, all things to all people, inwardly, right? Mm-hmm. In that the... Uh, I feel personally like I've, I've been really good at being all things to all people outwardly. I feel like, you know, maybe, maybe not, but I feel like I have, but where I haven't is the other way back inside towards the church and the actual unity that should come from the shared identity. That's where, where I think, and I don't think I'm the only one. I think there's a lot of people who have that element of either from my perspective where it's like, well, I don't value the mundane or I don't value the everyday or the other perspective where it's like, well, I don't value, uh, the things that you're into, I don't care about movies or books or art or cinema. Like I, it doesn't matter. And I, I think there's like a divide there in church where there's like the, I, it's it's cultural clicks just inside church.
1: I think what I was getting at in that conversation with you was that as biblical men, that is an element and aspect of biblical manhood that we need to be interested in. Right. Yes. Yes. And not like, but not for the sake of those interested in it. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, uh, read my Bible because these people at church read their Bible and I want to be able to relate to them. Right. That's something you just need to prioritize. Right.
0: As a man. And, and what, i'm working this out as we're talking about it so kind of go with i know it's off it's off grid but i feel like it's been sitting in my head for a whole week so now i'm trying to pull it all in together um in doing that i think we can appreciate somebody else's interest in those things more just from doing the thing in the same way that like maybe you don't care about kayaking but after you do it like somebody who likes it you understand why they like it more
1: yeah but I, I, I think you're still missing what i'm saying no, no
0: no no. i get what you're saying but what i'm saying is um, this isn't a point of interest this is a point of right 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 but when I, say point of, when I say point of interest i mean more like home remodeling and stuff like that like if someone's super jazzed that they put an extension on their house or something not just like do you know what i mean <laughs> are you following me i mean i i think so but that is part of it too of the, yes like,
1: you know i think we can idolize anything sure but you know as far as like uh work or something like when i hear someone talking about do you know getting a promotion or trying to do something at work i don't think wow they're really into work you know i think they're doing what they're supposed to be doing as a man right you know and so it's not like well they have an interest in this thing called work or this thing called right, right. home you know uh you know uh, home and hearth kind of thing right right that i think is a is a uh something that that men have not prioritized enough Mm -hmm. in in that because we look at it as this kind of beaver cleaver picket fence kind of stupid american dream type thing and it's like Mm -hmm. no i don't i don't think i i think that's the way it's been twisted and kind of you know idolized Mm -hmm. or whatever but i also think it it is a part of uh providing for your family and 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 that being that be that being doing something Right. That's what we talked right, about. Right. right. Like, that's what we're talking about. You know, you Christians, he's on the sidelines you need to do something. Well, if a guy works his butt off, you know, and, you know, to, to build a home and to build a life and provide for his family, that's that's doing something. And and increasingly, that's becoming a rare thing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's becoming the radical thing that you're talking about mission trips and stuff. Yes. What are you going to do for the kingdom? What right. are you going to, hey, plodding through a day job and providing for your family kind of nobody really is doing mm. you know a lot in these kind of you you it's, it's like you know this thing out there you want to be radical get married have children <laughs> have a home right uh you know what i mean it's like they're all normal kind of things <laughs> but they're increasingly not normal
0: okay right so now to bring bring that back around okay you have that guy that guy who is he's a nine-to-fiver he takes care of his family he pays his taxes he pays his rent <laughs> that guy looks around at the world and he sees the craziness going on and he sees black lives matter protests over here and uh people dressed like handmaid's tail over here protesting for abortion and this that and the other how does that guy approach being all things to all people in that sense when he can't maybe understand you know when like to me the world looks like chaos where i'm like i don't know what's going on and i would have thought i was someone who had like a foot in where i could Kind of read what's happening. But let's say someone who's even more removed from that and is like, you know, like you said, they're doing all the things they're supposed to be doing and the world looks like insanity outside to them. How does that person be all things to all people?
1: So the whole be all things to all people thing in this whole 1 Corinthians, uh, you know, like this, this kind of first half of 1 Corinthians, a lot of it really came to light when my study group talked about, uh, first Corinthians chapter 10, uh, 23 through 11, one. And, um, let me just read it. Cause I think it, it really uh, pinpoints what we're kind of getting at here. Um, okay. So it says, uh, starting at first Corinthians nine, 23, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up, Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his brother or his good of his neighbor, not brother, neighbor, If I partake with thankfulness why am I denounced because of what for which of, because of that for which I give thanks so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do all to the glory of God give no offense to Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God just as I try to please everyone in everything I do not seeking my own advantage but that of many that but that of many that they may be saved be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And he kind of buttons in on that, 11.1. First 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 1. be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Mm. And so he's talking about that, like uh, I try to please everyone in everything I do. It's not trying to change your identity or be this kind of chameleon. So like what I thought mm. of it in mm. high school is like, I'm going to know everything about this and be culturally relevant to everyone and kind of have my foot in, in all the different camps and stuff and kind of know what they're that's wrong. What this, what this passage of Corinthians and all things, all people I think means is to do those things to the glory of God, right? Uh, You know, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so you, if someone tells you this meat was sacrificed to idols, you can't partake of that to the glory of God. So what you have is a a collision of glory, glory versus glory. They're doing it to glorify the idol that they sacrificed the meat to, but you would be glorifying it. You would be eating it to the glory of God. And that's what he talks about too in um, eating of two tables, right? Um, So uh, what do I imply then that food offered to idols is anything, you know, uh, First Corinthians 10, because there is one bread, We who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar? What do I imply then that food offered to idols is anything, or that an idol is anything? No, I imply that what pagan sacrifice they offer to demons, not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. So you can't you can't that so that would be like be all things to all people uh you know go to the mosque go right. to the Mormon temple right, go right. to whatever uh no you can't partake in both of those things and so what we as Christians should be doing is reclaiming and redeeming everything to, and doing everything to the glory of God including eating food and everything and if someone else is trying to do it to the glory of their false idol or their demon, then you're in a collision, mm. right? And so and if they tell you this food has been sacrificed to idols, what they're doing is put in the context of the glory of their God. And right. so we can't partake in that, right, group, right, that right. practice of eating it to the glory of their God. Mm. Like if you're at a friend's house and he's Buddhist or something and you all are eating, you can eat the food no matter what. But if he says, if he like lifts his glass and says, thank you, Vishnu, or right. Shiva, you know, whatever. The context of what you're doing has changed. Mm. It's now being done to the glory of, of that God. right? So you cannot partake in that, mm. right? And so that's why it's like, don't, you know, do whatever. But if he says it's been offered, then he's putting in the context of glory to his God. Mm. and You can't partake in that. You can't drink of that cup. You can't eat of that table you, and, and bring glory to the actual God right mm, right and right that's what we should be in the business about and so when he does that though that gives you an evangelistic opportunity mm. to share the gospel and say hey you know what man uh i, I can't i can't eat this now you know right. like if we're if this is what this is then i can't you know mm. and, and but that gives you the opportunity to have that conversation and that's why it's evangelistic because you can respond to it you can interact with it that way right right because they brought it up as glory to their god right when, when you we should be doing all things to the glory of
0: the actual God. Like you said, they're not neutral about it. They're out front about it. And now you have to be because they are as well. Right. And they'll do everything like that to the glory of their God, as right. we should be, you know. Right, and, right. That, that get, but when those collide, we can have that conver- that gospel conversation. Oh, you know, this gives some context to what we're talking about because now uh, two two tables again. When we talk about things like, family and home and providing and protecting i think there is that tendency and in my head the categories get blurred and this is good because it's like okay wait separate these because it is that idea of like we're doing this for the glory of tradition or we're doing this for the glory of america and it's like no we're doing this for the glory of god and the two things are the same Just like pagans eat and christians eat but the glorification is different so i'm trying to, to see how we bring that to the, to, to, to that collision to head where when you have this traditional Americanism, we can br- brush up against it and say, no, not traditional Americanism, Christianity.
1: Yeah. I mean, what it looks like is instead of, uh, so let's take the guys you talking about at church. Okay. I put a new tile. Oh man. I put, I, I, we, we i got my man cave or whatever mm-hmm. and you know oh man like this this guy at work was actually talking about this he's like oh we got we got seats from the chiefs uh Kansas City Chiefs i guess he's a big Kansas City Chiefs fan he's like we got actual seats from Arrowhead Stadium that when they before they demolished it they sold all the seats or something and my, my mom bought me one and so i we just, we put them in the, the in the pool room the pool table he's got like a humidor you know, so he's got okay. like his cigars and he's got like a pool table in there. And then he's got these cool authentic from the stadium, Kansas City Chiefs seats, you know, right. was like, man, that sounds freaking cool. Like, you know, like that's the whole, you know, we we watched, we, we lost it after uh, Jim Lee's office, you know, right, right. <laughs> he coveted, <laughs> coveted all the cool comic stuff he had in there and all the different, you know, stuff he had. And it's that, and we see it every day on Instagram, too. Instagram is right. like it was like a coveting machine yes. for that. It was like, oh, man, that library. Oh, man, that home office. Oh, man, right. that, like, wow, like, that's cool. Those turntables, uh, you know, it's just coveting, coveting, coveting. Like, I want all those things. But um, instead of that, instead of having it be that kind of idolatrous, like, context, I think the way it can be turned, especially something like the home, mm-hmm. It can be emphasized what in that space you can emphasize the ministry of hospitality mm. and hosting a community group, inviting people over. Uh, how are we going to like, I'm going to buy an awesome house so that I can fill it every week with Bible studies and community groups and have people over and do stuff and feed people and cook for people and like have come, have them come home and let's all watch a movie, like whatever, like let's build that community and have that kind of thing rather than like, I'm just going to sit in my awesome house by myself mm. and just like, love it right <laughs> i mean and again all things are love. there's nothing wrong it's not sinful right, right. right? to like have a, a cool home right but there's an awesome there's also a great opportunity with something like that to turn it into that and in, in, in practice the ministry of hospitality in opening up your home your awesome cool spacious home to people to come over and smoke cigars to play pool mm. to sit in those kansas city chief seats right. Like, let's do it like let's yeah have that be like a regular thing and that's building community and loving your neighbor, you know, seeking the welfare of your neighbor first and stuff. And like, if you have an awesome home, you should be inviting your next door neighbor over to your home to smoke cigars and your cool humidor. You know what I mean? Like, that's right. what it should be built for not just for the sake of co- be, being cool or for yourself, but for your neighbor, for your church friends, for your Christian brothers and sisters, and just kind of to, to all kind of enjoy that kind of stuff together um i think that's a big part of doing all things that kind of eating eating and drinking to the glory of god
0: basically mm. ah okay that's good that's a good perspective that's uh yeah i could see that and that's something the that people at my church are really good at is that it's like whose home is open this week like well, we're going to this person's house we're going to this person's house that's yeah that is something that's actually i see play out in front of me that's a really good and that that gets into a, a different area, but like the idolization of the family too, is that weird. Uh, we were talking with our mutual friend about T-ball and like the parents that are pushing their kids. Cause this is my meal ticket. <laughs> this is my,
1: but it's not, it's your, not, your, no. your kid will not be a professional <laughs> baseball player.
0: Oh man. And I, it's the same thing. Like, you know, you have your kids in T-ball and obviously it's not like for their glory or your glory. It's more like, you know, it's, you're doing the same thing, from a different perspective. And I guess that's where it's been hard for me to understand is being able to, and I don't know why it shouldn't be hard to understand because it's the same kind of idea is like, (laughs) you can make a comic for this or you can make a comic for that. You can make a magazine for this. You can make a magazine for that. It, but that, that track never clicked in my head, I guess of the, you can, you can have a giant house to, uh, to fill, to fill with your lust, or you can have a giant house to build the community. Yeah.
1: Hmm. I mean, that's what it comes down to do all things to the glory of God, you know,
0: that's a whole, and it's not unrelated, it is related, obviously, but that's a tricky one, too, because when we talk about all things, especially when he talks about eating and drinking, like, what does that mean, to eat and drink to the glory of God? Something, like, the most mundane thing. I can't think of a more mundane thing than eating and drinking.
1: I mean, it, yeah, it's that reclaiming of it, you know? It's the reclaiming of, of, of
0: these kind of earthly,
1: natural things that God created, you know? Um it's just putting in that context of glorifying God and that's the point of all creation you know and so we have to constantly be putting everything into that context and that becomes an evangelistic opportunity when um, yeah, that's what Lauren did. That's what my <laughs> wife did. Yeah, we were there talking and she's talking to the parent and she's like, talking about school. We talked about homeschool, we, which, uh, you know, half our church does homeschool with us and stuff. So it's like, yeah, we all do it. And, you know, a lot of people in our church do homeschool. Oh, what church do you go to? Oh, go to the well. Oh, here you go. You know, just gave the information and invited her to church. So, yeah, I mean, that that's reclaiming that. That's doing T-ball to the glory of God, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, and and that's what I think we need to kind of lean into these, uh, lean into these things. Uh, Jeremiah twenty nine. Let me see. I know it's like the graduation. I was going to say, right? let me get
0: a, let me get out a graduation card. That I yeah.
1: No, not that. But um, <laughs> Jeremiah's letter to the exiles, right? Mm, right. He says, you know, thus says the Lord of, mm-hmm. Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I, whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. This is Babylon.
0: Right. This is lit- literal Babylon.
1: Right. Like, like not God's people. <laughs> wait, wait. This is a Babylonian city. Seek right. the welfare of the Babylonian like pagan city. What? Yeah. You know, and uh for thus says the Lord God of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners or among you deceive you, do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I do not send them, declares the Lord. Uh you know, and so I mean that's that's the whole point. Is like in that in that state where San Antonio, wherever right. we are. Wherever city you find yourself in seek the welfare of the city, do things that will seek the benefit of the citizens in that city, right? Build houses, plant gardens, start businesses, build, you know, start schools, build families, get married, have children, do that in the city you're in and don't extract, don't retreat. Like do it there. You're in exile. You're in this Babylonian pagan place. Do it, reclaim it, live there and, 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 prosper there you know and that's if you want to take you know the graduation version apply with <laughs> we'll
0: <it> that way <laughs> i was talking to uh, one of my instagram friends he lives out in california and uh, he was posting pictures of, of the beach he lives on huntington beach and he was posting pictures of the beach and all the stuff and i was like man that looks beautiful but it, i everything i see about california makes me think like don't visit it it's probably a terrible place and he was talking about like kind of like you're talking about like well this is my home this is where I'm from this is the place that I want to reclaim why would I why would I leave this is yeah. worth fighting for, yeah. and I thought that was a really good sentiment because especially now like we're it, like we we're talking about in the beginning, the tendency now is to is exodus right leave California leave Portland leave all the cities and like come here, and let let's let's make it more conservative and get, take all the element that would be helpful to that city out of that city and move it to somewhere that maybe really doesn't need it, right.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, if you find yourself in one of those safe states or whatever, uh, you know, live as a free person, you know, mm. and 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 try to do that because as much as you can, you know, just try and try, try and live that. Um, it's kind of like in Chronicles of Narnia, uh, I think it's the Silver Chair, I think, where they're 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 in the underground city and they're. Uh, they're having doubts of narnia they don't they don't they're like they'll be they have a spell put on them and uh they're they're doubting it they don't know like if aslan's real they don't know if the sun is real they don't know mm-hmm. if the the, uh, the above world is real uh, of narnia and and they're mm-hmm. being lied to and kind of manipulated brainwashed and stuff and uh they're saying there's no narnia you know there is no narnia like you're just this is just a figment of your imagination or whatever and like through tears, I think it's the character Puddleglum. I have to research all this and like look it up. But yeah, it's 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 he's he's like through tears saying in doubt, in, in uncertainty, you know, saying, even if that's true, I'd rather live like a Narnian, you know. And he's saying like, he has this idea of Narnia and, and Aslan and like the good, the sunlight, the, the, but he's in this like underground world and full mm. of doubt and, and uncertainty. And he's saying, even if what you're saying is true. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think it is, but you're saying it is, and everyone's saying it is. I'd rather live like a Narnian mm. than, than than this underground world that we're in right now. And I think that's how we have to see like our citizenship um, of heaven and of the kingdom mm. and of the new earth to come rather than this earth. Um, that's what we should be city, citizens of, the city of God, you know, mm. and not right. the city, city of man. Right. And so like, Let's live in the city of man as citizens of the city of God, mm. right? And that's how, in that, you know, and the Bible lays that out of, like, what we're to do, how we're to behave, how we're to raise our family, how we're to treat each other, all these things. And so let's do it that way. Let's do it the biblical Christian way in this fallen world as we're in mm. right
0: now. Mm. So Puddlegum was a post-millennialist <laughs> living yeah. in the dark age. That's Mm -hmm. true, man, because it's, especially now, it it looks so dark, right? Especially with with vaccine mandates coming down, however you feel about it. Just that idea that the government has the ability to snap their fingers and say, this is the law now. Like you said, like we're electing kings. So like, what is it next year? What is it the year after that? What is it in four years? What is it in eight years? And it just, it becomes that cycle of like, especially with Dr. White's always talking about the, the Equality Act. And what that's going to mean if that gets passed through. And I'm surprised it hasn't yet because there's nothing stopping them at this point. But just that idea of like uh, protected classes codified in law to where, hey, maybe your preaching is hate speech. Maybe mm-hmm. that's illegal. Like it just looks super dark. And it is that kind of desire to retreat. And I, I think I fall into that too, but in a different way. And it's to more be like revolutionary. And and thinking that a uh, revolution is the is the way to not even the way to fix things, but the illusion that it is. And just that's a different kind of retreat to check out of society, but just in a different way to be counterculture or whatever, for the sake of not being a part of the thing itself, as opposed to like, no, still be a part of the culture. But that means maybe you're not the cool revolutionary guy. Maybe you're just the guy (laughs) who who raises a family and drives a minivan and all that stuff. Yeah, um,
1: and I think to like what we have, we have a kind of a distorted view of what it means to like be persecuted or to like mm. be a Christian in this pagan world, or whatever. Right. We kind of created this sort of martyr syndrome. Of yes. Like, yes. 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 I'm gonna stand for, <laughs> you know, my my faith, and I'm, I'm I'm persecuted against, and I'm you know, and it's like okay maybe maybe not, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean like those people are just kind of like that that martyr syndrome yeah like, i'm gonna I'm persecuted, i'm gonna just be you know they're gonna take this big stand or whatever right, and you know they 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 cannot put it in any sort of gospel or biblical context of what they're doing, and it's just it's very cultural, very right. just kind of churchy thing to like it's stand romantic on, yeah, but it's just got no like weight behind it, I guess or whatever right. Yeah, let me read this. This exactly. I found. The, I found this thing, uh, the Podoglum, uh speech, or whatever. So it says for context, Podaglum and, and Podoglum, the and the Marshwiggle. It's like this weird little creature. Like, <laughs> Look, just go with it. It's Narnia. <laughs> Along with two children and a prince, is trapped in an underground world by an evil witch. The witch uses her powers to try to persuade her captives to forget the world above, mm. telling them that their idea of a sun simply stems from the seeing lamps and wishing for a bigger, better lamp. And their idea of a lion stems from seeing a, seeing cats and wishing for a bigger and better cat. After a few moments, put a glum answers. So it is that atheistic thing of like, no, look, what you're doing is you're projecting what right. we see in man and culture, and you're in your making a god. You're right. making it, you know, this kind of big thing. And he says, uh, one word, ma'am, he said, one word. All you've been saying is quite right. I shouldn't wonder. I'm a chap who always like to know the worst and then put the best face I can on it. So I won't deny any of what you said. But there's one thing more to be said. Even so, suppose we have only dreamed or made up all those things, trees and grass and sun and moon and stars and Aslan himself. Suppose we have. Then all I can say is that in that case, the made up things seem a good deal more important than the real ones. Suppose this black pit of a kingdom of yours is the only world. Well, it strikes me as a pretty poor one. And that's a funny thing when you come to think of it. We're just babies making up a game, if you're right. But four babies playing a game can make a play world which licks your real world hollow. That's Mm. why I'm going to stand by the play world. I'm on Aslan's side, even if there isn't any Aslan to lead it. I'm going to live as like Narnian as I can, even if there isn't any Narnia. Mm. So thanking you kindly for your supper. If these two gentlemen and the young lady are ready... We're leaving your court at once and setting out in the dark to spend our lives looking for overland. Mm-hmm. Not that our lives will be very long, I should think, but that's a small loss if the world's as dull a place as you say. Dude.
0: <laughs> that's <Dang>. man.
1: <laughs> you know, it's like, look, if you're saying this is a myth, then this myth is better than any truth you have to offer of anything here because it's obviously false. Mm. That's the kind of thing. I was having a conversation with someone at church about who's struggling with assurance in faith, assurance of faith. in like, why am I saved? Like I, 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 I struggle with sin and, uh, you know, I, I don't have the kind of convictions I see in other people who are reading their Bible and praying and doing great things for, in church and stuff. And like, why don't I have that? Why don't I have that feeling and that conviction to, to, to do that? Maybe I'm not saved. Maybe this is, you know, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not part of it or like, you know, I'm not being called or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and what I told him was, you know, when I think about that, like, am I a Christian? Do I really believe all this stuff? you know i say i believe this I say i have faith in this i proclaim proclaimed these things i professed whatever um what do i what do i really I, but i don't know i've got doubts i've got questions i don't know certain things and people stump me and you know i don't know um you know but what i told them i said for me you know you got to believe something there's there's no believe, not believing anything right so we have this christian worldview christian biblical godly worldview of things of the world, um, if I if I don't believe this, then I'll be believing something else, right? right? Well, what else would I believe? Well, what else is out there? You know, let's look at atheism. Let's look at you know the the cowardly atheism, agnosticism. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's let's look at you know, what what are the world view? I gotta believe something. You know, I gotta filter everything through some kind of worldview. Well, what is it? What's out there? hindu islam like what you know and and i think just kind of being in the world of apologetics kind of studying those worldviews and how to contend with them for the gospel with with christianity i kind of see like well those are absurd Those fall flat on them those are contradicting themselves Mm. you know and they don't explain what we see to be true with humanity and sin and the world and everything um so what would i go what, what, what would i do you know it's kind of like when jesus asked disciples will you leave me too Right. Will you go? And they say, "Well, you have the truth. Where right. will we go?
0: Where else are we going to go? There's nothing
1: else out there. You right. know, this is this is the truth. And and so it's like, well, I can't. I'm not going to not believe nothing. Right. i not, not believe anything. I have to believe some kind of worldview. Well, this is it. What other worldviews can compare to this? Nothing. So when you when you kind of run those scenarios of like, well, what am I going to be? Muslim. What does that say? Okay, it's just full of contradiction, full of nothing. Like. Christianity, is it's like it's the absurdity of the contrary you know, mm-hmm. it's absurdity of the alternative it's like, well, that, that's it there's no tr- other truth out there, this is it where would we go, you know and so assurance of faith, I mean that kind of solidified it for me, I'm like there's just nothing else out there, I mean I, I don't understand a lot of these things sometimes, I have questioned. I don't like some of these things sometimes, it takes away my autonomy, my free choice and being a god of myself or whatever, okay, I don't like that But that's true. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, you know, that's all that's what we got.
0: I I like that part at the end about knowing that their life won't be long. But if the world is like she says it is, then what's the point anyway? That's so good because it's so true because there's so many people that are like burning themselves out for dirt and flesh and stuff that just wastes and dies and withers and like. You know my freedom and my autonomy, and then you die, and then you waste away, and everything was worth nothing because it didn't matter. Like the
1: small loss of the world's as dull place as you say.
0: Right. That's (laughs) that's so true.
1: To live is Christ, and to die is (laughs) Cain. Yeah.
0: Man, that's uh, it's. (laughs) I I didn't read that as a child, so I wonder how kids process that reading Narnia if that like smacks them over the head or if it just kind of like goes over and they don't it really did,
1: it. Him. It did for me. I read the line of Witch in the wardrobe and I think I, I read the volume where that comes third. Cause mm-hmm. there's somewhere that comes first and then like, okay. there's a magician's nephew and stuff that comes like as a prequel. Cause there's, mm-hmm. it's, it's set in a different timeline. Okay. And they did republish it to where it was third or first or whatever. But I saw that I think it was, it was the third one. Line was in wardrobe my, at my Nana's house and it had a three on the spine and I said, the Chronicles of Narnia, line of and wardrobe, and I didn't know what that meant. But I saw a three. I was like, what's that? What's the three? Why is there a three on the, on the spine of this? And my Nana said, oh, this is book three in a series of seven books They're called the Chronicles of Narnia. And I was like, <laughs> I was, you, you don't understand how like happy I was of like, there's more, you know. <laughs> it was like, oh, because I thought this is it. I thought this was the story. Right. Like this is it, right? Right. And then like, I can go back to Narnia. Mm. Like, yes. Like, whoa, There's seven <laughs> books. And so I was like, what? I need the. Where are they? We're like, I need to get the books. And just got them all and just like read them and stuff and have read them and yeah, man. <laughs> See, it's Lewis, man, he's yeah. Chronicles of Narnia is really amazing um really really good stuff and he there's this that, whole uh, thing too about two of like medieval cosmology and stuff and how right, like yeah. the seven planets and mm-hmm. like man and and there's a book where this guy breaks it down called planet narnia and he like kind of goes through and how like i haven't read it yet but doug wilson talks about it, and how, it sounds amazing but where he like kind of relates each book to a different planets in the medieval cosmology and It's mm-hmm. like whoa that's super cool
0: Oh, well, that's because Lewis was a giant history dork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he has that thing that the thing that I like about Wilson, too, is being able to take these grandiose ideas and just make them super digestible, just yeah. take them down and just like hit you in the face with it. And you get it even if you don't fully get it. Yeah. Which is kind of a lost art now. But man, that's really especially now thinking about, I guess, thinking about death more, just that idea that's like, well, this is it. This is. I'd rather be gone because if this is it, this is nothing. Right.
1: Man. Well. Let me, let me, let me read from The City of God.
0: Yes. We are about Augustine, to ask you about that.
1: Book two. Some, some sections from City of God by Augustine. For in the ruin of the city, it was stone and timber which fell to the ground. But in the lives of those Romans, we saw the collapse, not of material, but of moral def- defenses, not of material, but of spiritual grandeur. The lust that burned in their hearts was more deadly than the flame which consumed their dwellings. Mm. This is the destruction of nations, man. You, you fall in morality and spirit before, before uh, the degradation of the traditional morality ceased to be a gradual decline and became a torrential downhill rush. So this <laughs> is Augustine talking about the fall of Rome, which he saw. But true justice is found only in that commonwealth whose founder and ruler is Christ. Mm. True, man, talk about social justice, talk about racial justice. We talk, there's only mm. one justice, mm. you know, and that's biblical, godly justice. And we as Christians have, I think, a responsibility as Christians in our discipleship, in our growth, and maturity, and faith to seek out that justice, true justice, mm. true uh, law, true righteousness, true friendship, true family, true government, everything, there's a right biblical way to do it, and we as Christians need to be pursuing that in the city we live in. Right.
0: And that's that that uh, already not yet idea, right? Like citizens of heaven living on earth, but, is a hard, but, but kind of already, right?
1: <laughs> well, wow. because what people usually mean when they say that is
0: already, but not really, right? Yes. <laughs> And there is a difference. <laughs> Start started, but not realized. Maybe it's a better way to say it. Right, but, but like,
1: what if we believed we could have a hand in realizing it? Right. Yes. You know what I mean. Right. And that—that's what it comes down to. It's like that's the eschatological post-mill thing of like, what you think about the end affects how you live today. You know.
0: Man, that's you know, as a whole. A whole. Whole other trail to go down just that that whole yeah. thing. But, all right. Well, anyways, <laughs> hour and a half. Uh, last off, I just wanted to talk about Norm a little bit because that was kind of a shock <laughs> when he died. I was having lunch with my wife, and we were, we were sitting down, uh, and I just happened to be scrolling through and just said, you breaking Norm McDonald dead. And I was like, what? I, had, I, I hadn't thought about him in a little while, but then I saw that he died, and he was – apparently cancer and he kept it secret until the end which is interesting that's an interesting way to go that's an interesting choice in modern times to not make your death a spectacle or (laughs) if your life is a spectacle not make your death a spectacle yeah but norm was one of those guys that was brilliant in how chaotic he was (laughs) (laughs) like if he was if something was live and norm was on It was like, oh, this is going to be good. I got to watch how this goes down. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, he definitely disrupted expectations and like, oh, you don't want me to do that?
0: (laughs) I'm going to have to Definitely going to do it now. (laughs) Yeah. He was kind of the last guy that did that now or like, you know, in the present age. Nobody really does that anymore. There's not real disruption. There's like stage disruption or faux disruption or uh socially acceptable disruption but i remember he was (laughs) there was this interview when he had he had an abc sitcom for a while and he was on the view when like the original view when they did it live and uh he was on there just for publicity and the the way he tells the story about it is everything that happened was incidental and while he was on tv he was like let me just i'm just gonna say it but uh (laughs) apparently he just ran into the president somewhere when Bush was president and this was when he was vilified so they got a picture together because he was like, yeah, I ran into the president I'm going to take a picture and uh, they put the picture up on the big screen and they were like, oh, so you're a Bush supporter Norm, is that what's going on? and uh, he had heard offhandedly somebody talking about the Clinton body count thing just offhandedly heard it, he didn't know anything about it he didn't look into it but he just remembered that in the back of his head. And he just says on live TV to Barbara Walters, yeah, I just think we should get the murder out of the White House. And just the show just melted down from that point forward. He he was
1: on the view a few times, right? Like why did they a keep, few times? What was the deal? What was his connection with the view? Like it had why did... to be
0: ratings is the only thing I could think of. People because they knew people would watch it.
1: I remember one clip I saw where he's talking about himself and he's like talking about just like drinks and gambles and doesn't care. And like, he's just kind of this crazy wild guy. And she's like, you know, you say, you you always say, what, what kind of, what kind of woman, you know, would be interested in a man like you? Why, why why would somebody, you know, want to, want to be with you? And he's like, well, I make a lot of money.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs)
1: Oh uh, yeah he was he was crazy he was a wild guy
0: <laughs> but yeah dead out of the blue and that just kind of s- stuck out yeah um, cancer man it's crazy i've been thinking i know this is a real downer but i've been thinking about death a lot more lately obviously yeah. uh-huh. and just you know percolate and then kanye's album came out so his mother's uh, death and all that's floating uh, around okay. And it's just this real dark specter over, like, society right now of, like, death hovering over everybody. Yeah. It, it's so weird. And I guess uh, what brings that to mind is what we're talking about, that citizens of heaven, that optimistic perspective in the face of, like, a world that's obsessed with death or covered by death or focused on death.
1: Well, when tragedy does strike, I mean, that's when the rubber meets the road of what you believe, you know, when it hits home. That – that. uh you know that that closely. It's just like, okay, I say I believe all these things. You know, here it is. What, what's my response? Am I going to respond biblically, or am I going to respond fleshly? You know, and
0: I can't. I can't imagine what it must feel like to not believe in something right now. Right. I I can't like fathom just not having any hope in anything at all and living now. <laughs>
1: Well, and see, that's that's why I think the pagans have gained a foothold is because they are acting as if right now matters, mm. you know. And maybe if Christians did, things would change. You know, maybe if we took this life and this world a little more seriously, in redeeming and engaging and enraging with it, uh, you know, maybe in, instead of like checking out, either mentally or spiritually or physically moving away and just forgetting it, uh, maybe things would change, you know? What if we believe the gospel would succeed in human history and that would usher in the the eschaton, you know? <laughs> hey, maybe you, you, you kind of tend to hit what you aim for, you know? If we're aiming for to our thumbs until we die, until whatever, <laughs> that's kind of what we're getting, you know? Yeah. We're letting the pagans kind of take over what really, like, belongs to God and us. Mm. You know, but if we pretended like that lawnmower is ours and had a boldness to just co- take it, you know, I mean,
0: we'd have a nice cut lawn. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've done about an hour and a half, so, yeah, we're going to uh, head out on here. So uh, just kind of a last thought on all of that. I had this thought recently about sleepwalking through life, and I feel like um, – I feel, that's kind of what everybody's doing right now. It's kind of sleepwalking through life, right? Like we just want to get through We just want, when this is over. We just want to get through When's it going to be over. When's it going to be over? Well, I don't know. And it might not be <laughs> realistically. I don't, you know, uh, maybe sometimes diseases disappear. Maybe sometimes they don't. And maybe sometimes this is just life now, yeah. but uh, the, you know, we don't really have the option to sleepwalk through life. We just kind of have to be in it. And like, what does it look like to live through life to, to continue to live? So yeah. uh, I don't know. Dwell on that. Uh, (laughs) Until next time, this is the time. This is the place. We'll see you guys.